0: Welcome to another edition of the Honest Teacher Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Espinosa. This week, I want to talk about something that a lot of people are starting to worry about this time of year, jobs. Now I know that for some teachers, they've already been applying for jobs and they've been looking out for it because they're looking to change. And some teachers just recently found out that they may not have a job next year, whether it's budget cuts or they were cut by their administration or for whatever reason their life is changing. Some teachers have just gotten out of school and they're starting to worry about next year, and now is a time when all of those job postings begin to go up. So let's talk about it. First off, what I talk about today is going to be centered around Illinois. It's the state which I live in. I have a lot of experience with how schools do business here when it comes to applying for jobs. And though I have some experience with other states, it is a, we'll just use it as a overall guide for the ins and outs of a job. I'm not going to discuss this individual systems and how to game the personality tests and all of those things. Honestly, the thing I can tell you with the personality tests is be who you are because not every school is looking for the same personality. That's all I can tell you. Beyond that, the most important thing when you're looking for a job is to really look for a job in the school districts. That is something that you want to do because imagine having a job that you're miserable at especially if it's your first job out of school. Now, you may not find a job right off the bat, especially out of school. Very few people do. But one of the ways to do that is to stand out. So when you're looking for jobs, there may be jobs where you're questioning yourself, I'm not qualified for this. Well, I'm going to be honest. There's nobody that offers a degree for what I did. There's no Project Lead the Way certification for the classes that I teach now. But what I did is I recognized that I needed a computer certification and I needed some confidence and I went ahead and I applied for that job. And there aren't a lot of people out there with computer application certifications, which if you're interested in technology or at least functional with a computer, you may want to consider getting because a lot of schools right now are beginning to start adding computer applications courses. And those courses are turning into what next generation education is going to be all about. It's amazing how fast STEM careers are changing and how much those STEM teachers are playing a role in what comes next for schools. Now, I am totally biased on that. If you're a language arts teacher and you're out there to get a language arts job, I'm really sorry. There's a lot of people out there who are language arts teachers and they're all looking for a job. And there's only so many language arts um, jobs out there. One of the things you may want to consider is differentiating yourself by becoming a reading specialist or getting some additional certification that will set you apart. So let's take a look at what you want to look for when applying. One of the things I warn people to be careful of is looking for private schools. Um, Again, Illinois is a, for now, because the Janus decision is coming, Illinois is a state that has collective bargaining and unions for most public schools. Now with that, a lot of private schools will masquerade as a public school and they'll put job positions up on boards all over. One of the things you need to be aware of though, is if you work for a private school, there is no protections for what you're going to be doing as a teacher and no protections for the amount of work they're going to require you from you or from the things that they can ask from you as far as your job goes. It's just like working for McDonald's. If they want to have you come in and work extra hours, you come in and you work extra hours and the pay may not be commensurate with that. So be careful when you look at private schools. If you're just looking for experience, that's not a bad way to go, but beware of what you're getting into. And remember that if you leave, subbing is always available. Also, many school districts are willing to have people come in and work as an aide or as a a sub or as even a permanent sub. And in that, you get your foot in the door for the school district. And there you have a little bit better of a a rapport with the school and you're uh, more likely to find a job or they're to know you when it comes time to look for a job. So you wanna find a job, you start looking around. Now, one of the things to be aware of is that if you're looking for just a regular classroom position, you need to make sure that the jobs that are being posted are relevant and they're recent because many times, many school districts will have a job up that's for a long time and it may have been filled, it may not have been filled, it may be up there just to fulfill a contractual obligation to offer the job, though they may never actually find somebody to fill it. So take a look at what jobs have gone up recently and just be prepared. Usually in most job applications, you're gonna find a lot of questions. Those questions are gonna ask you about who you are as a teacher, the things that you believe in. After a while, you're gonna to start to find that some of those questions repeat. One of the things that I found that's important to do is that I made a list of every time I saw a new question and I typed out my answer and I reviewed it and I went over it and I really looked at it. And then when I, I saw that same question again, I would bring it up, I would, Copy and paste it into the into the job application website, and then I would make sure that what the question I was answering was appropriate for the type of job I was looking for. So if it was a STEM job, I want to make sure that my question or my answers in the question actually relate to STEM field rather than talking about reading skills, which reading is important, but it's not necessarily the key skill they're looking for as a STEM teacher. Now, once you've got those questions down, you need to figure out how you're going to differentiate yourself from all of the other candidates. And making personal connections with people in your PLN is a great way to do that. As soon as you know you're going to become a teacher, you should start developing a personal learning network. You should start attending conferences, you should start reaching out to other teachers, collaborating, um, doing Twitter talks online, any way you can meet and work with other teachers is a great way to start making connections before you get into a school district. One of the things you want to be aware of is that once you have those connections, you can't just be like, Hey, can you get me a job? what you wanna ask is a more appropriate question. For example, can you point me in the direction of a job? By asking for somebody's help in a way where they can help without feeling obligated, they're more likely to help you in the long run. Um, Keep an ear out for jobs that are available or hey, I'm looking for something in a district in your area, can you suggest anything? You're not asking them to get you a job, but you're asking them to be a part of your success. And when you do that, people are a lot more willing to help you be successful. One of the things that I found that's important for me is to research the school before I go there. Um, Early on when I was looking for jobs and I was applying for everything, I went to a a job interview and I met with the principal who was interviewing me and the principal didn't even know which job I was applying for. The principal didn't know which job was being vacated by a member of their staff and what I would be doing. And they were just looking for somebody to fulfill the job requirements without caring about if that person was the right fit for the school. If that's a place where this school is at, you should know that before you apply. You can find that out by researching the school, looking at reviews. There's a lot of information out there about schools and what's going on. You can get a feel for what's going on. Most most states have some sort of reporting for school ratings from the community, the students, the parents, and the teachers. And you can take a look at that. In Illinois, it's called the Illinois State School Report Card. I like to look at that because it gives me a really good snapshot of where the district's at. And then you start looking at the programs and the the social media presence and those kind of things. If the school you're looking to apply to doesn't have any sort of social media presence, odds are good that the really great ideas that you're willing to bring to the district are going to fall on deaf ears because they're not engaging with technology already and they're not engaging with next generation ideas. If they're not doing that already, you're not going to be in a place where you can institute those ideas and not be at a disadvantage with your administration. You need to know what the school culture is before you go into it. Other research you can do that is, I I tend to lean towards a lot of research and I have to be careful because sometimes I will over research and I can tell you the history of the school from when it was built to major problems they've had to the culture, to grades, to parents, to all those things because it's all publicly available information it's very important not to freak people out by having over-researched them. And if you don't think that applies to you, you're probably right. But there's a few people out there who know what I'm talking about where they start talking to somebody and it turns out that they tell them more than the person thought was um, appropriate for them to know. And it weirds people out. I like to be prepared, but that doesn't mean I have to show people how smart I am in the interview. I like to show them that I care about the district without looking like a creepy stalker. Now the school culture itself is important. And This is something I'm going to circle back to a little bit later, but the interview isn't just for the, the potential school to be interviewing you as a candidate. It's your chance to interview the school to see if that's a good place for you. You may get a vibe of disorganization because it's the summer and they're having to get people together for an interview. That's perfectly normal, but there's other gut feelings you might get when you're interviewing with a school district. Some of the things you need to watch out for is a school district that seems to be just filling a role or to be placing a person, a warm body into a position. You should make sure that when you're in the interview, that the culture tells you that they care about teachers, that they care about your development, and that they really care about you as a person and how you're going to work with that team. And like I said, I'll come back to that. But other things you need to look for in the school culture is, are they involved in the community? And if they are, what ways? How is the school and the students creating a partnership? How are the families being used? Does it seem like a warm place that you'd want to go to? Does the school seem like a place that you feel comfortable being at? Are you feel safe being there? Those can be some questions that are hard to answer. And especially if you're looking for a job, you may overlook things that you'll come to regret down the road. The other thing you have to ask yourself is as candidate, what are you looking for? What are the things that you're hoping to get out of your teaching experience? I love to get growth out of where I'm at. And it's a wonderful experience to work with great people. I also want to work at a school where it's going to challenge me to be a better teacher, to do new things, to try new ideas, to work with new people, to be challenged. Because I don't want to be at a school that just teaches a curriculum from a book and it tells me when to smile and it tells me when to give a test and it tells me all of those things because I don't think that that's bringing the type of learning to school that students need. I want a school that is honestly willing to let me fail and it's willing to let me make mistakes. And if, it can, if I do those things and the school is willing to nurture me and allow me to grow, then that's the type of place I'd like to be. Now, obviously there's other things you need to look out for um, when you're looking for a school, like example, what is the pay? Can you actually afford to work at the school? You need a second job to work there. Now, if this is your first teaching job, the answer might be yes, no matter where you go, because let's face it, nobody goes into teaching to get rich. Other things to consider is, does a school have a union? Is it a large union, like a national union, like the NEA or the AFT, or is it a small district-wide local union? Both of them have advantages, but when it comes to the strength of bargaining in a tense situation, it's a lot better to be in a school that has a national union And with a national union or with having a union comes a contract. One of the things that you can look at is you can look at the contract ahead of time and you can even find articles about the last contract negotiation, depending on how it went in the newspaper. Now looking at that contract, it's a lot of stuff to take in, but what you need to do is you need to look at how teachers are treated in a lot of different areas. For example, how are teachers treated when it comes to professional development? How does the pay scale move? how is it that a teacher can move from one lane to another? What are your chances for advancement? Does the school support further learning? Those kind of things are really great questions that you need to have answered. Um, when you're looking at the contract for a school, there's a lot of little details in the contract that tell you what the school thinks about its teachers and how they get treated. Also really important thing. And it kind of goes back to pay is check out what the health insurance is. You need to be able to live working at your school. And health insurance is not always something that's just clear cut. When my wife and I got jobs at the exact same time in two different school districts, we didn't believe the difference in cost between health insurance at one school district and the other. It was nearly double the cost for our family at one school district compared to the other. We had to redo the math thinking we'd made a mistake. In fact, we were concerned we left off a zero in one of them. That's how bad it was for what it would cost us. So be aware of that. Also look at some of the other benefits of working for the school district, simple, small things like, for example, if you have perfect attendance, do they reward you for that? If you don't take the district's health insurance, do you get a a chunk paid back to you? If you go to school, how much of that are they going to cover? Those kind of benefits are really important. And you also need to look at what types of benefits the school district offers. For example, if you do professional uh, development within the district, is that something that they're going to offer you any sort of incentive for? And if you do any uh, professional development on your own, is that something they're going to pay for and support with sub days, or are you going to have to take, um, are you going to have to take a like a personal day to go to this? If they're not supporting your professional development, think about what that means for you in the long run at the school. So that's all about evaluating the schools. Now evaluate yourself. One of the things I want you to think about is that you wouldn't be qualified to be a teacher if you weren't smart and dedicated to what you're doing you have a teaching certificate. That is not something they just hand out for showing up. So you are qualified. You need to put that in your resume, but look at the other things you can do to stand out because everybody's gonna have those same things in their resume, and everyone's gonna have a lot of the same buzzwords. Look at other areas you can shine. Where are the areas you've grown? Where are the the innovations you've made? Where are the, the times you've been recognized? Look at those things, and if you don't have any of those, you need to look at what you're doing with yourself and how you can better incorporate chances to do those things into your into your teaching. Are you growing as a teacher year to year? If you've been somewhere for three or four years and you're looking to move, have you grown in those three or four years you've been there? And if so, how can you express that in your in your in your resume, in your interviews and those kind of things? Also, and this is a this is a weird personal thing, but if you're gonna show up to a teacher's interview, it's not a good idea to show up in a black suit. You look like you're going to a funeral. <laughs> I had a hard time with this myself. Um, I was a traditional buy a black suit. You can wear everything. But um, somebody sat me down and they said, listen, get yourself a nice light colored suit. First off, you're usually going to be interviewing in the summer. So it's going to be hot. So a light colored suit, like a tan suit, something real lightweight is going to be comfortable to wear, but also it's going to stand out. You, don't, you look like a professional, you look like a leader without being out of place in a school. I mean, just imagine what it looks like when somebody in a black suit shows up to a school. It looks like the tax auditor showed up and you might be, you know, a fantastic teacher, but if you look grim and scary, that's the kind of of image you're going to be portraying. Warm colors in what you wear. You want to look like an educator. I'm not saying wear a clown suit, but I'm saying stand out in ways that make you look like a professional person who is an educator not a businessman, you're not there to sell stock, you're there to be an educator. Um, Recently I I was given a problem by an administrator and the administrator said that they had interviewed two candidates and they had a panel of six people interviewing the candidates and those six people had split straight down the middle as to who their preferred candidate was and I thought about that problem and I I looked back at it and I realized that the answer to that problem would tell me a lot about that school district. Imagine it's King Solomon with the baby. How How do I divide the baby in half if two women say it's theirs? I'm not saying the principal needs to cut the job in half and have two different teachers, but what I would say is that the choice that that school makes and who they choose is going to tell you a lot about their values. If the principal makes the ultimate decision, then that tells you where that principal stands, that they put their opinion above that of their staff. And though they may have a good opinion, I believe that a good leader should be getting getting feedback from their staff and should build off of their staff and trust them. So, I mean, if that principal is going to decide via just deciding on their own, then I don't know about that. If they choose to go with the administrative team deciding who they're going to go with, That's not much different than the principal deciding. And the scariest administrative decision of all, if they go with who's cheaper, well, that tells you everything you need to know about that district. And honestly, the person who didn't get the job probably is the luckier of the two. Now, there's a couple other ways they could go with this. Um, One of the ways I would like to see the administration actually approach this would be to start with a direct partner that that new teacher is going to have to work with that person who is the direct partner should have the most weighted um, say in who it is because that's going to be the person who they're working with on a regular basis. They're planning with, they're coordinating with, they're collaborating with. That's the person who's going to be directly working with the person. If that's not their person of choice, is that really the person you want to have next to somebody? Imagine your first year. If you find out that there was a 50-50 split and the person that you're working with wanted the other guy, what kind of position is that going to put you in as a new teacher in that district? Are are you going to get the help you need? Are you going to get the support you need? Is that going to be, and I'm not saying that the teachers wouldn't be professional, but I feel like that might color the, the way you feel about the school. Next up the team that that teacher is going to work with should have a weighted decision. So maybe not the direct partner, but the other people on the team, which teachers is that person going to interact with? How do they feel about it? And furthermore, does the person that they're picking fit in with the school cultural environment? They might be the most qualified person on paper, but if they don't fit in with the school's environment, is that really somebody that's going to be there for the long term that you want to have on your staff? Because maybe they won't fit in with, in your school's environment, but imagine if their attitude actually changes the environment by changing others around them. Do you, as an administrator, want to change something that you've worked so hard to create, the environment where you've built that trust with teachers and then you have somebody who comes in that doesn't know if you believed in them or not when they show up? So I feel that it really is a, is a problem that breaks down to the closest level they'll be working with. If you could have the students interview the teacher, that would be fantastic, but I don't know if that would work in a lot of school districts. Plus, one person's ability to appeal to students is great. I don't know if that would really work for the long-term though. Um, maybe have a, a lesson that you have the person collaborate with um, the teacher, the teaching team and see how each person collaborates. I mean there's two approaches. I mean one person could want to prove how smart they are by throwing out the most ideas. The other person could listen. And depending on how your school culture is is which person you're gonna go with. And that that again says a lot about you. How that decision gets made is going to tell you about the school. And unfortunately one of the things that you don't find out about until after you work in a district is really what the teachers think of that district. Unless you can find out where they go on a Friday after school, then you can find out. But other than that, having a strong PLN, having a good sense of what you're looking for, and just having a, a keen eye to look out for things, that's, that's pretty big. So honestly, when it comes to the job season, relax. You'll find work. And if you don't find it your first year, all you're doing is you're building your professional learning network and your contacts are finding it next year, and the right job will come along. You can force it, but I I mean, there are stories of people who turn out happy and there's stories of other people who quit teaching. Make sure that where you're going as a teacher is a place that deserves you as a teacher. And honestly, just take your time. Don't worry about it. I know there's a rush where you feel like you're behind everybody else if you don't have a job or you feel miserable and you want to be happier. but You can't force it. And if you force it, the people who are interviewing you are going to feel that. And I don't know. It's just not going to come off right. So thank you guys for listening to me rant about jobs. I hope I helped somebody out um, to reminisce and to pat myself on the back a little bit. In the last two years, I've done C2E2, which reminds me, I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast of C2E2. I did my best to balance the audio. But um, two years ago when I did C2E2, I had a person come up to me and she said to me, Hey, I don't think you remember me. It turned out I did. That you helped me out last year when I was here. And I go, Oh, cool. How did I help you? And she told me that the advice I gave her got her her job. And that was it right there. That was everything that I did it for. That's why I spoke to people. And, you know, it was one person who did one thing. and. I was astounded by the fact that what I suggested helped her and that she credited me with that. And it was a really great feeling. I felt like a teacher in a in a very different way. And those kind of experiences are wonderful. And that's why I, I kind of felt a little more, I don't know, willing to put myself out there when it, to, when it came to doing a jobs podcast. Because honestly, I don't always feel like the most qualified person to tell people how to get a job. I don't interview people. And I've only had a few teaching jobs in my life. Um, And I've been on, you know, well, actually some interviews. But um, I really wasn't sure that was the right place. This is the right topic for me. But I had a few people ask me about it. And I know a few people who are graduating college. And they they were looking for advice. So I figured that'd be a great time to do it. Uh, Please let me know what you think. Um, You can hit me up on Twitter at Honest Teacher Podcast. Or you can find my uh, real life handle is at Mr. Underscore Espinosa and you can find the spelling in the info for the podcast. Additionally, um, you can find me, uh, if you wanna come see me in real life, I'll be speaking at the Illinois Education Association Representative Assembly in Rosemont, Illinois, this April 18th through 21st, I'll be there. I won't be speaking on all days, but you can come see me. Um, I will also be at the Denver Comic-Con, which is conveniently located in Denver, Colorado, between June 15th and 17th, there I will be speaking. Then right after that, I'll be coming home and going to the uh, ISTE conference, which is going to be held uh, in Chicago at the McCormick Place, June 24th through the 27th. I will be doing a Ignite talk there and I'll be around doing professional development and a lot of other things with people as well. After that, you can fi- uh, find me zipping off to Minneapolis to the National Education Association Representative Assembly from June 30th through July 5th. And then coming back after that, I have a short break before talking at College of DuPage about developing um, computer education curriculum on July 17th. Beyond that, I am so grateful that you're here as a listener. Check us out on all the social medias. If you have any questions, email me at honestteacherpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also find me, as I said, on Twitter or on SoundCloud. Leave a comment. Uh, on Apple, iTunes. Please do me a favor, leave a review. That's how people find us. It helps the show a lot. Beyond that, I just want to tell you, you need to be a teacher and go change the future.